Welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is you're watching this, we are grateful that you are tuning in one more time and you are allowing us to minister to you. We pray, and we pray often, that the sermons that you listen to, the podcast or the videos, that they are a blessing to you, that they are an encouragement to you. And we are just grateful that you allow us to minister to you and be part of your life. Uh, we would love to hear some feedback from you. Uh, if you want to check out our LifeBridge community page, we would love to interact with you there so that we can get to know you and uh, continue the uh, task, the opportunity of ministry that we have uh, with you. Uh, today, since you're tuning in right now, we are in the third lesson from the sermon Jesus preached on the mountainside. It's often referred as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus goes through this, this long discourse, 111 verses. It's the longest recorded uh, teaching that he has. And uh, man, he's, he is unpacking a lot of things. So far, everything that we've talked about that Jesus has taught his audience, man, it, it's revolutionary. People are amazed at his teaching because of his authority, how different his teaching is from the regular teachers of the law. But Jesus, as he's progressing and he's making his way through the sermon, he does something that none of the Old Testament writers ever did. Jesus gives a lesson in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount. He gives a lesson on how we are to pray. Now, the Old Testament is full of verses about prayer and that things that we need to do as we pray. Uh, you know, we need to humble ourselves. Uh, you know, we need to purify ourselves. There, there are many things that the, the, that the Old Testament tells us we need to do as we pray, but it doesn't teach us how to interact with God and to communicate with God on our own. The then current day teachers of the law, the, the, the Pharisees, they valued prayer. There, there's several of them in the audience as Jesus is teaching these things, and, and they were known for their devout prayer life. They would pray three times a day on clockwork. It, 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 was, it was an appointment that they would not miss no matter what. And most of the praying during these 21 times per week most of them were repetitive sayings, repetitive scriptures found in the Old Testament. And, and there's certainly some personal prayers added to that. But a large part of the ritual that uh, prayer was known as was reciting these Old Testament writings. Nowhere is there in the Old Testament a this is how you should pray. Jesus, in this discourse, as he emphasizes relationship, he is teaching us how to enhance relationships with our Heavenly Father. Uh, up, up to this point, as, we've, as he's gone through the Beatitudes, as he's gone through being salt and light, as he's gone through the, the six Old Testament laws, every bit of that, is about enhancing relationships. So far, that's been the, the main gist of what Jesus is doing. And the incarnation, 
the, the, the Jesus, the deity who he is, the son of God who he is, coming to earth, taking on the, the form of man. Everything that is Jesus and what he is about is about the access that you and I have to the Father. And up to this point, the common folk, me and you, we, we didn't have direct access to, to the Father. We didn't have direct access to God. We, we had to go through a mediator. And since Jesus comes on the scene, he, he, he's taking care of that. As he is enhancing relationships and he is emphasizing relationships, it's no more about me having to go through somebody and them talking to God on my behalf. Jesus is like, oh no, you, common man, you have access to the Father. And so he teaches us how to communicate with God. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 is where we will begin. And when you pray, because you're going to pray at some point in time, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need Forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Like that's, that's it. That's the, that's the prayer. And, and so Jesus, think about this. He's got some of his followers there. There's this large crowd. And, and he just makes this statement. And when you pray... Here's some guidelines. Here's some, some do's. Don't babble on like, like, like the Gentiles do. They're just trying to be seen. You know, be, be precise. Say what you need to say. Um, don't repeat words over and over and over again. And then when you pray, pray like this. You and I know that uh, communication is the foundation for every relationship. And, and it's easy to make the argument that the better the communication within the relationship, the better the relationship is. And Jesus in this moment is teaching us one part of the communication piece. There is the listening part, which Jesus doesn't address right here. But, but you and I know that for there to be effective communication, there has to be listening. As a matter of fact, uh, James tells us that we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And, and he, I know he's addressing that when it comes to dealing with people and, and controlling our tongues and anger. But listening is an important skill that so many people need to develop, that I need to do a better job developing. But here in this moment, Jesus is teaching the other side of communication. He's teaching the, this is how we are to talk to God. So as we walk through this text, as we walk through this prayer, 
just for a few more minutes today, I want to challenge you to, to do something. I want to challenge you to reflect on your prayer life. Maybe all things in your prayer life are splendid. Maybe you are a prayer warrior and, and, and you have just a direct line to God and everything that you're asking for, um, God answers and, and, and you, just, you just feel in tune with the Spirit. And if that's you, praise the Lord. But we still ask, I want you to still reflect on your prayer life. Maybe your prayer life is non-existent. Maybe you're only praying when, when tragedy strikes. Maybe you're only praying when, when there's a great need in your life. Maybe you're only praying at mealtimes. Or maybe you just never pray. Well, the challenge is pretty simple for you. Maybe your prayer life is dry. Maybe you are someone who prayers, prays daily. Maybe you pray often and you just you, you feel that, that your prayer life is lacking. Whatever the case may be, I want to challenge you to, to reflect on your prayer life as we walk through what Jesus is teaching in this. And at the end, we want to challenge you again. We want, we want to challenge you to rethink how you pray. So let's go through this together. No matter, no matter where things are, reflect on your prayer life. See what may be lacking or missing. Jesus, when referring to God, almost always refers to him as my father. And that's certainly true here. Our father. And, and, and don't miss that hour. He's talking about you and I. He's telling the audience that's up on the hill. He's not just my father in heaven. He's our father. And that means he's your father. It's a personal connection. And that's so important for us to remember when we think about our prayer lives and, and, and going into this moment of prayer is that we are talking to our Father in Heaven. You know, if my kids addressed me as Mr. Sykes or leader of our home, or they like to joke and they call me the authoritarian ruler, if, if they addressed me as those things and those things only, eventually it's going to take away from the relationship. The, the Father and child relationship, it's, it's going to be diminished. It's going to be to be watered down. And, and, and so Jesus is beginning this teaching with, this is how you address God. We address him as our father. And maybe not every single prayer needs to start father. But I think the, the intimate the, the personal prayers, the ones where it's just you and your journal or you and your quiet time, those intimate moments need to begin by just calling on God as our Father, our Father in heaven. And then Jesus says, may your name be kept holy. Or as most of us learned it in Sunday school, Hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
you know, this hallowed be your name, it, it simply, it's a proclamation of praise. And here's the thing, genuine praise always works when building relationships. It's in our nature to want to wanna receive praise. Uh, just a, a few minutes ago, uh, before we started recording this, we had a we had a funeral in our in our church service or in our church building, and uh, I had the opportunity to to lead this service, and I had an opportunity to speak, and it was a difficult message to present. The, the young man who uh, passed away was only thirty three years old and had so much life left, and it was it was a sudden death. After the service, as people are trickling out, uh, person after person came up. Hey, that was tough. You did a great job. Hey, you did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. I can't, I can't deny it. I like hearing the praise. God loves it when we offer genuine praise. He loves it. And, and, and our praise... Whatever it looks like, however it is, whatever adjectives we use, it, it does need to be sincere because ju just like you and I, when, when we receive praise or compliments that uh, you just sometimes you just know people are saying something to be saying something to be nice. God sees through that as well. God loves it when we offer to him genuine praise. And then Jesus goes on, he says, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. This is an important piece of this prayer that you and I need to remember. When we pray, our prayers need to be prayed with the understanding that God is not going to give us something. He's not going to answer a prayer that is not part of his will. God is generous. And he loves to answer our prayers. But when you are praying for, you know, five matching numbers so that you can become the world's next multimillionaire, that's usually not God's will. I mean, the Bible speaks about contentment. It talks about how contentment is good, how contentment is what you and I need to settle for. It, it talks about how we shouldn't desire to be wealthy with worldly possessions. This goes against the will of God, but it's something that so many people, probably myself, have prayed to pray before God. We pray these prayers often that are so far outside the will of God, but then we wonder, how come God does not answer. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here in this moment. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Trust me, church, there's plenty of things that we can ask to that are inside the will of God. And when we ask for things, we need to filter it through his will. Then he instructs us. He says, hey, give us what we need for today. And so many times, when we pray, we want so much or, or, or whatever it is that we don't and won't seek God. Like we're not happy with just our needs being met right now. 
We want the security that our needs are going to be met for, for weeks to come, for months to come, for years to come. We, we want that security. Historically, when people live in plenty, the tendency is to not need to ask God for things. Hence, our prayer lives dry up and they cease. And Jesus is instructing us when we ask for things, just ask for the things you need today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what tomorrow comes. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, church, I'm, I'm praying for some things uh, that are probably going to be happening later on this year. I, I'm, I'm praying for some trips that, that will take place hopefully next year. There, there's a lot of things that we pray for in the future, and that's certainly all well and good. But when it comes to the, the needs of our life, Jesus is saying, don't ask for so much that you don't cease, that you don't need the presence of God anymore. Pray for what you need today. Then Jesus moves on and he emphasizes the need to ask for forgiveness, but to also forgive others. Mark Moore writes that our prayers are hindered because we haven't forgiven someone who has hurt us. Anger, resentment, bitterness are barriers between God and us as much as between others and us. Church, if you are holding on to a grudge from a long ago, man, this is going to impact the effectiveness of your prayer life. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Our forgiveness from God and him answering our prayers hinges on our willingness to forgive others. So if I'm holding on to these grudges and I haven't forgiven people other things, God's not going to forgive me. Forgive and it will be forgiven. Then Jesus moves to praying for avoiding temptation. Sin and living in sin is it's a barrier to our prayers being answered. I really believe God is steadfast when it comes to you and I striving to be obedient to him. Like I think he honors that. But when we choose to sin and when we knowingly take sin into our life and then we come before him and we pray, I don't think it has the same impact. It's the same way with your children, right? I mean, you, you've lived this. If they are living against your desires, if they are living against, you know, the way you have structured and set up your home, you're not as apt to give them the things that they are asking for. I think that's just in our nature as we're created to be like God. That, that, that when our kids go against our wishes over and over and over and over again, we have the tendency to, 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 to hold back. To, to not give, to not be as generous. And it's the same way with God. And so Jesus makes this emphasis. Pray that sin will be removed. Pray that you will not give in to the evil one. Pray that you will be able to fight off temptation. Because temptation and not giving in to temptation is the key 
It, it impacts our prayer life. So that's what Jesus goes through. It's pretty short and sweet, isn't it? And, and as a matter of fact, my explanation of this w w was about 18 minutes longer than the actual prayer itself. This is how we are to pray. So here's the thing. Here's my second challenge for you. Hopefully you've reflected on what your prayer life is like. Maybe there's something missing there. Maybe, maybe you're not connecting with God on a personal, intimate, you're my father in heaven level. Or, or maybe you're not offering up sincere praise. Or, or, or maybe you know, you're praying outside the confines of his will. It could be that you're asking for more than what God really wants you to have. Or is it a forgiveness issue? Maybe you're living in sin. I, I don't know. But the challenge was for you to examine your prayer life and to run it through the filter of this is these are the things that when we pray need to be happening in our prayer life. And so if you're struggling with one, with one of those, I want to challenge you to, to deal with it this week. I want to challenge you to, to spend some quality time praying. And it doesn't have to be long. It, it, it can only it could be a few minutes each time. It doesn't have to be deep theological talk. Just talk to God. But as you go before him, pray the way Jesus teaches us to pray. Come before your Father in heaven. Offer up genuine praise. Pray within his will. Ask confidently for your immediate needs. Search your heart and ask for forgiveness as you forgive others. And pray that you will not fall into the devil's trap. We pray for you often. Every week we pray for you. My heart's desire is that you will join us in praying as Jesus has taught us to pray. Until next week, we'll see you.